Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. You know, I, I hear a lot of common threads with go-go uh, music that emerged out of DC. Um, did which kid kind of came first you or did you think do you think you influenced gogo uh, no i don't i don't know i don't know because we used to work together you know we used to i used to go down to dc with my fatback band and we used to battle together so i don't know whether I stole his style or he stole my style. <laughs> but we played together a lot and we was very good friends. And so I I, I don't know whether I influenced it or not. But uh, I know that we do sound alike. And I know that most of the music that you hear out there right now, you can hear fat back in it. Well, and that sound really, really started to catch on when you had uh, like the bus stop and the booty and the Spanish yeah. hustle and you started getting all these hits. Um, yeah. But now I understand you guys didn't tour that much though, right? You're mostly cutting records. Yeah. It's, it was not, it wasn't by the, it was not by design. Now I'm going to tell you that. It wasn't nobody booking us. That uh, didn't nobody know about us. We was like a kind of cult band. We was an underground band. The only people knew about us was between Washington, D.C. and Boston. Below D.C., they didn't know about Fatback. The music didn't get that far. And once when we got, once when we got known throughout the South and place, we lost our cult following. And uh, and we we one of the reasons that uh, Fatback I think didn't do that much is because I was a one man band like I was a manager, producer, performer, writer, <laughs> and everything. And see, during that time, if you didn't have your a manager or, or somebody out front. Uh, one of the the connection, so-called connection, you weren't going so far. Well, I I owned everything, and and I refused to uh, give up anything. 
And that's why they didn't bother with me. Well, you know, uh, being the age that I am, I came to fat back with I Like Girls. So that was the one that caught me and uh, just knocked me out, became a huge fan. And then I went back to learn the other stuff. And then everything that came out after that, I was right on top of. So, um, but what a monster classic track that was. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, girls. Let me tell you about, I'm going to tell you about I Like the Girls. Did you hear that intro on I Like the Girls? Yeah, it's great. You know, we took them, that was the night of the blackout. <laughs> you remember the big blackout in New York they had? They had a, all the power went out on 57th Street and all around New York. We took the microphone outside the building and captured that sound, that street sound. And we used it at the intro on Girls. I like the girls. That That's actually the street sound out there. Wow. Really gave it that uh, special ambiance before going yeah. into that killer groove. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, and, um, um, and don't ask me how I came up with the idea. I like the girls and girls, but um, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think. What? How, how did I get into that groove? Oh, oh, that was a Jerry Thomas type groove. Yeah, it was. Now, Jerry claims that I stole his beat on girls. I told him that I know the beat sound like your beat, but I added a little something extra to it. But he said, you took my beat. That's what it is. That's my beat. <laughs> but I told I added a little something. To, to this day, he'll go around, yes, that, that Bill took my beat. That's right. And he going around claiming that's his beat. But, but on girls, girls had a funny uh, kind of, funny signature on a time signature, but it was a fun tune to do. I think we did that tune at Media Sound on 57th Street. I felt kind of like um, a track like uh, The Booty was sort of like a precursor to the I Like Girls kind of sound with you kind of being like a Toastmaster and, you know, saying stuff and that, that groove going. Yeah, well... We did a lot of booty tunes. <laughs> we did about three booty tunes, and we did a, and um, and I think we we was on a. Someone brought my attention to it about girls. He said, "Bill, every tune you do got girls or big leg girls in it," and it it, it made me conscious of it. I had to start start cutting out the big legs in it because I always talk about them big leg girls. <laughs> And uh, um, and the booty. Now, are you talking about who stole the booty, or the booty bounce? Uh, it's the one from um, seventy-five. Is that who stole the booty? The only title I got is the booty. Okay, I think that's who stole the booty. That well. 
I um, Jerry Tope was telling me when I started on the Buddha tune, he, he was saying, be careful now, be careful. Don't go too far. Don't go too far. So I had to make it turn into talking about the pirates who collect booties. They call it their booty. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I turned. That's what I was. The double about. entendre. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's that's what who stole the booty. <laughs> that way you get radio play, hopefully. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh you know, you guys straddled so many different genres and you know, the record labels they love to pigeonhole and put in certain places and things like that. But did you consider Fatback more of a dance band, an R and B band, a funk band, a soul band? What was it? Fatback is last of the dance bands. We was the last of the dance bands. And that's what I consider that we 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 are a dance band and I make fun music. I I make music to dance by and have fun by. Uh, I I if you notice you don't see many ballads on my songs. No. Nope. And if you notice all my songs are like comedy songs because I was a big fan of Louis Jordan and I was also a big fan of Spike Jones. So th therefore you see where I'm coming from. <laughs> were you or were you a prankster at heart also? No, not not really. Not not really. But Louis could take that 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 Tempany Fire group and sound like a big band, and and Louis was always telling stories. I tell people about Louis Jordan. He was he he was a forerunner of R and B. He and I I still say he was rapping before everybody else was rapping. I know he had a huge impact at James Brown and so many others. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys are also, you mentioned about Louis Jordan first rap, but you guys are kind of credited with doing the first rap in terms of getting radio play with Kim Tim, Kim Tim the third in 79. Yes. Which, which uh, I believe preceded rappers delight that same year in getting some airplay. Yes. Yes. There's a big story behind that. A big story. Uh, Behind Fatback, whole history is all is big stories, and it's all. And I call them the Fatback history story, and I call it. I have other names for it too, but Kingdom King Tim the Third was um. I got the idea from taking my band playing, cause in New York we was very popular. And I also worked for the city. You know how to have the recreation uh, centers have bands coming, street bands coming around, entertaining in the neighborhood in the summer. That's what Fatback did. We did a lot of that. That's why I call myself street band. And uh, uh, we was up in the Bronx, and we was playing up there uh, in the streets. And in between, they had the jockeys coming on. And they was killing it with the rap and stuff. That's the first time I ever heard the rap, Grandmaster. That's the first time I heard it. And uh, and it was so exciting and then everything. Uh, well, I, 
I didn't think of it as something I wanted to record at that time. When I was up, so when I went in the studio, we were recording a th an album called uh, uh, Feel the Beat. I think, no, Feel the Beat. Uh, well, anyway, and Jerry and I was looking at the album. And I said, Jerry said, okay, we about finished with this. And I said, Jerry, we don't have no hit in this album. We don't have nothing that's catching my attention. We don't have nothing that's exciting. Jerry says, so so what you want to do? I said, I, I don't know. I said, we got to pull a rabbit out of the hat and do something here. And I said, I said, Jerry, let's do a rap. What them cats was doing up there in the Bronx. He said, Bill, we don't nobody know how to rap in the band. He said, we just, just know how to talk. Don't even know how to talk that damn good. So... Um, it happened that the, one of the roadies heard us talk, and he said, "I got a buddy up there in the, up there in Harlem who can rap." I said, "Kenny," he said, "Yeah." I said, "We're well, him in tomorrow night, man. We'll throw him on this track." Yeah, and um, and it happened to be Tim of Washington, and he brought Tim in, and what happened was we already had the track and everything. Made the tune, and we flew Tim, Tim in on that. We played the track down to him. I said, "Can you rap to this?" He said, "Yeah." He, we flew him in there. Him and Jerry wrote up a rap together, and um, Tim went in there and we flew him on the track, and he laid it, knocked it out in two tries, and we put it together. And um, and we mixed it as boys in there. That was the making of King Tim the Third. But it it didn't start out as a rap track, a rap track, and um, it it turned into one. And um, I carried it to the record company, and they wasn't that impressed with it because they felt like we was intruding on the DJs. We was intruding on the DJs and we were taking over what they usually do. And they say, we don't want to do anything to upset the jockers, you know, you're taking their play. I said, well, um, I said, well, man, listen, I just left from down Philadelphia where they was having the DJs convention. You remember when they used to have the this jockey convention, uh, Jack the Rapper used yeah. to have them. Yep. Uh, I I was went down and played it for Jack the Rapper and played it for the DJs. They fell in love with it. They said, "This is it, man. This is this is gonna be the biggest thing ever hit the market." Everything. So I came back and I told Spring them. Spring said, "No, no, we're not doing that, man." So they say, Bill. We're not going with that tune. He said, if you want, you insist on us going with King Tim III as the A-side, we're not going to put no publicity, no promotion, no nothing behind it. No, no nothing behind it. I said, uh, if y'all insist on going with that tune, uh, at least put King Tim III on the back 
I said, what tune you all going to put on? They said, we're going with My Candy Sweet. You're My Candy Sweet. I said, of all tunes, man, that's a tune I'm singing on. You know I can't carry no damn tunes. Yeah, I said, why y'all going? He said, we're going with My Candy Sweet. And they went with that and put King Tim the Third on the back. But in the meantime, uh, Joe Robinson was out in California, and he had his promotion man out there doing some promotion work. And one of the DJs out there, I think his name is Todd Watts. I can't think of his name. Anyway, he said, come in here, man. I got something I want to play for you. This is going to be the biggest thing the Fat Back ever done in their life. He said, but they got it on the B side. He said, what? He played it. Before he could finish playing the record, this uh, promotion man jumps on the phone, called Joe Roberts and said, Joe, get the group in the studio and do a rap and get them done. They had the group already ready and wanting to do a rap. He said, go get the rap. That night, Joe went and recorded it, had it out, and the next morning, he had that record on the market the next day. That's that's how uh, they started playing um, uh, uh, Delight, what is it? Rapper's Delight before they started playing King Tim the Third, because the, the record company was stubborn and wouldn't put it on the A side. But we recorded and had it out there. But Joe didn't waste no time. Joe, 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 Joe could smell a hit. Did, did, yeah. you, did you ever imagine that rap would become a phenomenon from, from that point? No, no. You, if you told me that, no. I told people, I say rap will, that it's a fad, it's going to go, it's just a fasting thing. You say, I'm going to use it every once in a while, but it's not going to be my standard thing. I say, I throw it in on certain tunes when I feel like it, feel like it. It, this tune warrants that. And no, I didn't think rap would be anything. I thought it would be here today and gone tomorrow. But um, it it proved to be a, a, a genre that caught on a whole culture. And hey, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, well, Fatback Beats have ended up, you know, being the background for so many after that. Well... What one of the reason one of the reasons what it was every every jockey or every kid out there who wanted to be a jockey cut their wisdom wisdom tooth on fatback music. That's what they started with. They liked that analog, flat, dead, funky sound. And and they used if I had if I had a dollar for every sample out there I would be a rich person. Well, you should though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, oh, people, everybody's everybody under the sun. If you ask any jocker that ever started playing, what was his first record that he sampled? He'll tell you Fatback. What one did you start with, Fatback? Well, then in. Uh... 1980, you came with Hotbox, which is that record behind you we talked about before we went on the air, that gold record. And that was the first, maybe only Fatback record, I think, that had 
two monster hits on one record. Um, yeah. What was it that brought into those sessions that you hit, you know, gold like that so much on that particular record? Well, one of the things, Scott, is we didn't know what the hell we was doing. <laughs> all, all, all we knew, we enjoyed playing the music and we was making music from our soul and the way we felt. And don't forget, Scott, we never rehearsed before in the studio. The guys that came in the studio to record it with me did not know what they was going to play. They didn't know, and I didn't know neither. So that's how all that stuff came about. But how did you decide on the fly uh, to like make the girl background vocal so prominent on something like Gotta Have Some Money? That's Jerry Thomas' work. Jerry Thomas, Jerry Thomas, that's his work. Hmm. He, 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 knew how to, he knew how to make me sound good. But the beat on something like backstroking was a little different, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, that's where all my music comes from. You see, people will say, Bill, you know, which people ask questions, which comes first, the music or the words? With Fatback, the music comes first. I would have to make a session, and I would have to take that session home and study the tracks and see what it's saying to me. I, I interpret the beats. My beats come from me playing the drums. And whatever that beat is saying to me, that's what I come That's how girls come out. And that's how backstroking could come out. And then I work out the lyrics and then I, I visualize what I'm going to sing. Like backstroking, Backstroking is another one of those, like I was telling you about the booty, that um, backstroking, I wasn't talking about swimming now. <laughs> so, but I had to make it feel like swimming and make it think about a dance, but I wasn't, but I wasn't thinking that way when I was making the song up. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'd be nearly as uh, nasty of a groove if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, that that's where you had to think. That's where you had to think. And, uh, a young, you know, I talk to people, you know, that's in the studio record. They can't do, record like that. They say, Bill, no, man, you know, you got to rehearse it and do it. No, we didn't have to do it. I said, if you mess with it too much, you take all the funk out of it. You take all the feeling. Out. It's like anything else. If you labor over something, it, it usually take all the, the soul out of it. Your, your best take, I tell everybody, and I tell the engineer when I'm in the studio, make sure that switch is on record on my first tape, because the first tape going to be best thing we ever done that day. Because the headsets and their mind is different. After they get the song under their fingers, then their mind starts wondering somewhere else and start hearing other stuff to go in there. But once on that first tape, they concentrating on that one song right then and there. 
when, when, when you were at your commercial peak with Hotbox, did you guys actually do some touring at that point? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did a lot of touring then. What, what, were, the <coughs> shows like? what were the shows like then? Oh, well, put it this way. The shows was nobody wanted us on the show. They would even, even Patty would say, no fat back. They didn't want us on the show. We could only go on, only a few groups would take us on the show with them as, a, uh, as an act. One of the groups was um, Brother Johnson would take us out. Uh, uh, Commodores would take us out. And the Commodores took us out on the show and, and had us opening up for them. And they gave us three tunes. And we were so hot on those three tunes, they cut us down to two tunes. And we burnt on them two tunes, so they cut us down to one tune. And then on that one tune, they told us to get off after the, <laughs> after a few minutes. Just play it down and get, get off. And uh, Patty wouldn't let us on the shows with her because Fatback was too hot. Because that the, we had uh, that King Tim the Third going on, there, and King Tim the Third would burn the house down. You know. I talked about a lot of tracks, but uh, one that didn't chart as high, and I didn't mention, but I really love too, is Let's Do It Again. That's another great track. Uh, yeah, let's do it again. Like we did last summer. Oh, yes, like we did last summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott, you'd be pulling up some Spain's tunes, man. <laughs> Hey, that guy, well, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, and they were playing that a lot in L.A. <laughs> yeah, let's do it again, like we did last summer. We we never played that tune, but maybe once or twice on the show. You know, it's a lot of tunes we have never played that we recorded, and uh, we can't get to them because by the time we get around to them, we don't did out. 30 minutes or 40 minutes to we can't, you know, and then if we miss playing one of the hits, the, the audience go away mad. So we, that was one of the tunes we, we never did play that much. Some of the uh, hits have had such legs that I think over time they've gotten more exposure than they initially did. Like the bus stop, you know, kind of ended up being a, a classic. Bus stop came back 2018 uh, with Chaka Khan yep. and it gave it a gave it a whole new life a whole new life bus stop been around a long long time and it um, and um, and bus stop came about is one of the tunes that came off the top of my head and uh, and uh I played with the track at home and I couldn't find no words to it. But the reason why uh, we the band started as, as an instrumental band. So we did we didn't have no singers in the band, uh, Scott. And 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 I tried to get guys to sing. Johnny could sing, Flip could sing, but they wouldn't sing on recording. So I knew that we couldn't make it as a band out there as a band, we got to have some vocal songs. 
Because during that time, you know, those groups was out there and, and those bands were selling. Uh, 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 groups were selling and bands weren't selling because they, they liked this song. So I had to figure out how to sell the band to the public. So I would take these tracks home and see what these tracks is saying to me. And Bust Up was one I could never get nothing going with it. I could never find me a song. So one day, the the the, the bass player was on there, and he heard Bust. We 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 was in the office, and he said, "I said you getting ready to go." He said, "Yeah, I'm gonna party all the way to the bus stop, baby. I see you later. I'm gone." And that's how Bus Stop came about. And I said, "Damn, that sounds like a good title." Bus stop. Now, so we got the title bus stop, but what you gonna do with the, you know, bus stop? Then what I thought about was, now I tell people that I wasn't the first one that created the line dances. It was a group called the Griffin Brothers. The Griffin Brothers, the one that had a tune called Four to the Front and Four to the Back. That's what, that's where I got the bus stop from. And we started doing that with to that tune, the bus stop. But it, it really started with the Griffin brothers. That that they called it um uh well I can't think if you you remember the Griffin brothers, don't you? I remember that tune. I didn't know who was by actually. Yeah, but th that was the Griffin brothers. And um, but we just we just we just brought it back. We just brought it back until line dance. We start we started the line dance just like we started the house music, and we also st uh, started uh, 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 the 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 funk sound of bands like after Fatback got their first big not got noticed. All the record companies wanted bands, wanted the bands. That's how Cameo came back. That's how BT came around. That's how all the other little bands kind of came about because of Fatback, because of record company. You know, record companies like to duplicate. What's another company, if they got a hit, they're going to try to duplicate that. So they, they got on the band trend. That's how the bands came back. Years ago, bands was... Um, was the headliners, you know, you, you went to a, a dance or something, all you had was a band, bang. And they, and bands would carry the whole night, dance all night with the band. Then the record company decided to um, start taking the band singer and making him a soloist. Now they got two acts. They got the, they got the band selling record. Now they done made them, uh, took the solo out the band and made him a solo act. And and that's how the groups started coming back. Then they started getting these little groups, street groups going on. And then this, the groups and singers just took over the record business. But bands and, and uh, orchestra was the king of the record business in the early days. Especially a lot of them came out of New York, like you mentioned, Cameo yeah. and Brass yeah. Construction. And yeah. I think Mandrill was from around there. And yeah. yeah, everybody wanted them. Uh, I, I, listen, they came in, one record company came over and um, 
and hired Johnny King over for the Everett Company so he could bring the Fatback sound over there. And when Johnny went over there and started playing uh, his music and his style and what he wanted to play, they said, no, no, that ain't what we want. We want to hear that Fatback sound. Cat Johnny said, well, you know, you're going to have to get Bill Curtis over here if you want a Fatback sound because all oh, that's off of the top of Bill's head. <laughs> How, how does the band differ today, would you say, from back in the heyday? Well, the, the group I have now is, uh, is the fourth generation, and this group is the closest to the first generation. Why I say that? Because the group I have now, they're on the same page with me. It's hard to find musicians that are on the same page with you. In order to have a good group, Everybody got to be on the same page. And this is the closest group I had to the first group that was on the same page. The first group, we moved like a unit. Like, you know, if one person moved, everybody moved the same way. And this, and this group that I'm with now is pretty close to that. If, if one person sneezed, everybody sneezed at the same time. Got to have that chemistry. Yes. So how can, uh, I know you have your website up behind you. How can people keep up with what's going on with yourself and, and Fatback? Always. You can always find me on the web. Fatbackband.com. www.fatbackband.com. If you have a problem with that, you can always Google Bill Curtis, and it'll tell you where to find Fatback music. And if you can't find that, just, just email me, bill.c32 at Hotmail, and I'll get you some fat bag music. And you got something uh, new coming in 2021, do you think? Yes, I'm always going to have something new. I'm going to have something. That, that when they be taking me out, Scott, they're going to be saying, Bill, Bill, what, what, where did you put that last one? Where can we find it? Gotta have that new music, man. It, yeah. it, it may be this same old beat, but that beat is uh, timeless and classic and fantastic. And thank you so much for bringing it all these years and and giving us such great music and 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 sprinkling that happy feeling uh, throughout the world. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Before I go, Scott, if you get a chance, look for our Christmas music. We did some. Um, we did our first Christmas music that we ever did, we did it um, this year. And uh, it's a little late getting out there, but it's out there on, on Amazon somewhere. Pat back funking up Christmas. <laughs> Perfect. Definitely look out for that. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Really appreciate it, man. Bill, thank Call you so anytime. much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also, much gratitude to Pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkinstuff.net, 
buying everything is on the one the first guy to funk book at amazon shopping at the funky things store for cool merchandise at funkinstuff.net and linking through funkinstuff.net for all of your amazon purchases in addition if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven results-oriented professional marketing pr writing or editing consultation or production check out the media services section at funkinstuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at funkinstuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now, and as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on keep vibing on to the rhythm of the one.